My name is Keen and I am sparkly, transparent and cheap and I am writing solo today on this week's Sissy That Pod. James got caught up in some work business. So it was just me interviewing our guest this week, but I mean, it was a good guest. So James is one that missed out. We had fresh from Drag Race Canada, Crystal. You will remember her from Drag Race UK. She was the star 69 of this week's mini challenge. So she was on the line and we were chatting all about this week's episode. So I will not keep it from you any longer. Welcome to Sissy That Pod, Crystal. Okay, so before we get into this week's episode, let's just rewind back to Drag Race UK, which is almost a year now. How does that all feel? That sort of time period, the yeah. world feels very different. That's crazy. Uh, like, yeah, we filmed it over a year ago now. Um, and in that time, I got married. Congratulations. Thank you. Became vaguely, like, gay famous. And then there was a global pandemic. So it's been quite a year. Um, <laughs> but... Um, it's been incredibly positive. And like, even with everything that's happened in 2020, like I, I can't complain. I've been very fortunate. I've been able to keep working. And, um, you know, a lot of my friends who are performers, they've all had, they've all had to really question, I think, how they're going to get through this time and what's going to happen and what the other side of it looks like. And I've thankfully not had that concern in the same way. So, uh, I feel lucky in that regard, but yeah, it's crazy. Like in some ways it feels like, it must be 10 years since we filmed it because so much has happened. Mm -hmm. Um, And because I think that I've changed so much as a performer and my drag has grown so much since then. But in other ways, it's like, I feel like I've just blinked and like it's all happened. And I also still feel like I could wake up at any moment and it was all just a weird dream. dream. Yeah, Is something like RuPaul's Drag Race actually a good place to learn drag? Or is it just too much of a pressure cooker (laughs) that you're kind of like, ugh? I always say that, like, ideally you don't don't go on Drag Race to learn how to do drag better, but I think that is the case for many of us, and it certainly was Mm. for me. Um, It's not a good place to learn necessarily, but, like, it forces you to because it puts you into all of these situations that you have never found yourself before, Um, like recording a song or um, (laughs) 80 million different kinds of things. Like, the drag that I did before Drag Race had not set me up to be good at Drag Race, I think it's just because like I had done the way I performed was like a three minute lip sync using like aerial circus or stunts. Yeah. And like, I hadn't done much in the way of acting. I hadn't done much in the way of improv. I hadn't, Mm. I didn't sing live. I didn't even really host very much before I went on drag race. So like all of that stuff was brand new to me and I was just kind of like figuring it out as I went along. It it was just the things that I had focused on with drag were different to the things that you need to succeed at Drag Race. Um, yeah, that's true. So You could definitely sew, though. That was definitely... You were the strongest there. Sure. Um, yeah, there were definitely, like, some things that... And, like, when it came to the runways, I felt really confident because I, mm. you know, I have a background in costume and, like, I love putting together looks. So that side of it was was fine. But, like, there were lots of other bits that were challenging. And the runways don't necessarily count for very much when it comes to, like your actual yeah. success on the show which is interesting because if you if we, if we look at drag race canada i feel tainomi banks had a similar run like a really established queen but just doesn't seem to be ticking the specific boxes you need to do to do well at drag race yeah i always the advice i give to people like 
now when they when I know people who are going into the show, I'm like, just remember it's um, a reality show just as much as it's a competition. And like the mm -hmm. TV show is just as important as the as the competition. So if you're not giving them TV, you maybe aren't going to go that do that well on the in the competition. And sometimes you're there and you're like, it isn't fair. Like this person is a terrible drag queen, but they're doing so well. And like, but it's because that isn't everything. You started drag in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I started drag five years ago, like five years after moving to London. So my drag is very British based, I guess. Um, and I don't really know anything about the Canadian drag scene. And I... Do you know what Celine Dion look you would have done? Oh, um, I can't believe no one did uh, the reverse tuxedo from the Grammys. Yeah, that's... I, I was like, this is going to be like Madonna and the kimonos. Yeah. Together, with three of the reverse tuxedos. Maybe everyone thought that that was going to happen. But yeah, I could yeah. imagine I could imagine a really draggy version of that. Like, imagine the jacket just went all the way down to the ground and was really... Oh, like with like, tails or something? Yeah, and it was just insanely long. Um, but yeah, I guess that is the risk when you... But I think that's the iconic Celine look. Right, well, let's talk about this week's episode of Drag Race, or Canada's Drag Race, I should say. Let's get into it. Uh, it opens up Kiara's lipstick message. I've never seen a more dirty mirror than after her message. Like, Priyanka was scrubbing that off. Yeah, well, I guess sometimes you see it in, like, grinder selfies, don't you? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's the only time you see a, a, a mirror that filthy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, there was a lot of talk about who's won, who hasn't won this episode, and it's one hundred percent narrative driven. Like, do you, is that a conversation that naturally comes up? Do you think, or do you reckon that's the producers giving them a nudge? Probably a bit of both, but like you're, you would naturally already be thinking about that at this point in the competition, like starting to assess who is doing well and um, who your competition is, and you can. You can get a good sense at this point, like probably who's next to go, mm, or yeah, or you can kind of see where the cards are going to fall. Okay, because I kind of feel they recapped it a few times, and I I thought, you know, me constantly looking at this show with the editor's hat on because the editors play so much in it that it was they were kind of setting uh, Scarlett Bobo up for a win or something like that. But then when it ended up being the winner who it was, which we'll get into a bit later, I was kind of like, oh, okay, so what was all that built up kind of for if it was an existing winner? The mini challenge, Star 69. I think this is the first time ever that the episode was named after the mini challenge. Are you going to take credit for that? Yes. Wait, is the episode <laughs> called Star 69? Yeah. Was Star 69 a thing in the UK? I don't know about it. Star 69 was this this thing you could do when you were a kid where if someone called you and you wanted to find out their number, you would dial Star 69 in your telephone and it would um oh. it would tell you the number that called. It was like and it was like a a hack before caller ID was a thing. All right, well, then maybe, I don't know. I don't remember that piece. <laughs> so I think I had a phone back then. <laughs> You're like, I'm 12. <laughs> How old are you, Crystal? <laughs> yeah, when you had to like crank the phone. Seven oh, times, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you got onto the operator and you're... Yeah, you're like, <laughs> I'd like to speak with three, please. <laughs> so that's... So then how does that tie into the <gasps> the my, my, Mystic Meg? I don't know. God. Okay. There, there must be... There's an obvious link somewhere, but uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. Should we Google it? 
Okay, so, when I Googled Star 69, all I get is Derek Acora died at 69. So <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> anyway, okay. So this week's uh, mini challenge, Star 69, is an improv challenge with yourself. Uh, the queens have to take your call and act as psychics in a sort of improv way. I think it was a really, really good mini challenge. It was just a new sort of invention on the sort of mini improv challenge for uh, the mini challenge. And to have a guest in, I thought was a really good idea. At what point in the process were you brought on board? Yeah, so I I had an idea of what they were bringing me in to do. But um, I basically got got the info on the day when I got there. So it was... Right. Yeah, it was like... You were pretty much improv as much as them. Yeah, Basically, um, okay. I knew I knew vaguely that it was like a psychic kind of hotline thing, but I didn't really know what I was going to be doing or what my what my role was. So, yeah, it was fun. Definitely. It was fun. Do uh, we obviously we see all the queens and then their interaction with you on the show. Is it a fair representation of what happened? Was Lemon the one who impressed you the most? Absolutely. And actually, Jeffrey and I got to decide the winner together. And it was oh, cool. And I think Jeffrey was fighting for someone else to win can't remember who the the thing was when i was there is like i didn't know any of these queens mm. so and they were all in like insane drag and and during the mini challenge i couldn't see any of them either so i didn't even really know who was who or like when i saw them in the workroom i was like i don't i don't know which one of you did what thing sure. in the mini challenge so you were so, like the one that said that to me yeah <laughs> exactly like. yeah, yeah yeah and so I think for I think Jeffrey was fighting for Boa to win because she gave this great physical performance and it was really mm. funny. And I could see Jeffrey cracking up during the mini challenge, but I didn't know what was happening on the other side of the screen. So I didn't know Boa was stripping and like going nuts. All I had yeah. was what was happening on the phone. So um, Lemon just killed me. Like she was so, yeah. so, so, so funny. I, I love the moment as well when he, you were like, thank you for taking my call. And alone, I was like, what happened? He picked up the phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like I didn't know that play along it's improv <laughs> yeah those are those are the good moments aren't they did you get to meet them afterwards or were they whisked away then to the, the maxi challenge uh so I left after that and they were like okay great you're done and I was like oh can I go back in and say hi to them um so they did let me back into the studio to like actually meet them properly because like what you see on camera of me coming through that door and then leaving, like, that's how long I was in the workroom in front of them. So, um, yeah, I did get to go back in and actually say hi. And that was nice. Um, I think when you're in that point in the competition, like any outside energy, an outside person you're allowed to actually speak to, like, that's such a, you're like, talk to me, tell me something. What's happened? Does the world still exist? Um, yeah, so that was nice. And I knew, I knew, like, from my series, I was like, oh, I would have killed for, because when Raven, for example, when Raven came in oh, on yes. our season, mm. she spoke to us. So just to, like she just spoke to us real, really quickly after her bit, and it was really nice. So I was like, I just want to make sure I do that too. I was also really nervous doing it because when they went into filming, there had only been two episodes of Drag Race UK out. So I was like. I'm going to come through the door and they're not going to have any idea who I am. Well, Priyanka seems to be fangirly. Like, she seems I, I really know, impressed. but I think Priyanka is just a great actress because she's been that excited about every guest judge on the on the series. <laughs> I'm like, Priyanka, you don't know who that is, do you? <laughs> so you're worried it's like, you know, Drag Race season two or three when we announced the judges and they're like, what? Well, it's even happened on this series. They're like, from Shadowhunters, Jade Hasune. Like, huh? 
great! <laughs> Confused. Yeah, I don't know. Again. I don't know because I'm like maybe they're popular in Canada. I don't know. The rest of uh, the rest of the Canadian, yeah, guest judges have all been like, I'd say, bona fide Canadian stars. But um, I don't know. Maybe Jade. I haven't lived in Canada for ten years. Maybe Jade Hasune is now a household Canadian name. But who knows? <laughs> uh, okay so lemon wins as we said there she gets to pick the teams she chose priyanka for herself scarlet and alona the sissies were put together and rita jimbo and boa were kind of put together the task was to come up with it's like a branding challenge basically so come up with a comedic ad for a law firm i thought stacy was a really good director though it was she, she really gave really good really personal like was it priyanka she was like pull down pull down your like blazer and stuff mm-hmm. like that like i thought she was just really good yeah she's like got real like um cool mom energy and she's not like she's not old enough for that but like i i just feel like she wants them all to succeed and you can see that and that's always like that's so reassuring Mm. i think when we did stuff like that um we always had michelle and michelle is very i find michelle very intimidating um i think stacy is still like kind of fresh to drag and so she's got she's she's easily entertained because some of the stuff she's just seeing for the first time. So I, I don't know. I, I love, yeah, I basically just love Stacey's energy. It's great. Yeah. I mean, I you could argue Michelle has also that motherly energy when you see her Absolute. being interviewed and stuff, but she does seem yeah. to be more like put on that tough, I, I'm hard to impress facade. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like, that makes her great TV and it's really effective. And also like if people are a bit scared of you, then it's going to make, maybe make them fuck up a bit in the challenge and it's going to, yeah. also make that more interesting so priyanka and lemon went for the uh, kitty cat lawyers what do you think of that ad uh i thought it was amazing i thought it was so 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 funny um they're just natural comedians they they had a really good idea of how it was going to be filmed and shot mm. and and i think it was just really successful like that was the only commercial that made me laugh out loud and i was really really entertained yeah i thought so too and like the i mean a twist is maybe a bit generous but like the the plot pivot at the end where it turns out they're actually just <laughs> surprise <con> <laughs> <laughs> like we knew you'd probably be bad at your job based on this ad but who knew you're actually straight up convicts uh yeah. was good to execute because i imagine like that would be really easy to get over complicated and sort of in the weeds trying to get this narrative mm. across mm-hmm. yeah they had they had good instincts they just have good comedy instincts. And like, I think Lemon has proved that the whole series through and Pranka has been hilarious, but like, obviously a bit of a dip with snatch game, mm. but like it, you can tell that she's also still got like, yeah, good comedy instincts. I love my favorite bit of their commercial is, uh, when it just freeze frames on Lemon being like, no, yeah, at the very end, <laughs> it makes me so happy. the The splits as well was great. Like yeah. the, using that to your advantage in a comedy way was also just a really, really clever way of doing it too. So yeah, uh, that was actually my my favorite. I would say out of the three, I don't know if you'd agree. I would. Next then were Scarlett and Alona, and they had the the sue your sissy motif, which I also thought. Actually, all three of these I thought were quite strong. Like normally in a series of drag race they will purposely or naturally one will just feel worse than the other they all quite mm-hmm. seem quite well um and the the actual physical comedy in scarlet and Lona's was great i think it was a fun idea like them mm-hmm. suing each other and yeah i guess they just didn't necessarily realize that that's the sissiness would 
uh, tire quite so quickly. <laughs> and that's like, that's the risk with like, not necessarily a catchphrase because I don't think they're trying to make it a catchphrase, but like sometimes you repeat things a lot on Drag Race and it becomes something that people love to hear and want to repeat. And sometimes you say it too much and people are like, if you say that again, I'm going to fucking kill you. So, um, <laughs> I mean, I I never want to hear the word sissy again, personally. <laughs> well, that's unfortunate because it's the name of the podcast, but we'll just get that together. <laughs> Oops. Right. The third one then were the queens against the bachelorette parties, Rita, Jimbo, and Boa. Who stood out for you the most out of these three? Uh, Jimbo. Yeah, I would say so too. Yeah. Yeah. Jimbo was like, amazing. Like, this is my special day. Like, that moment was great. And it was trademark Jimbo. And it just really stole that shot. Yeah, it's incredible. And I think that was, like, the... I think that the idea for their commercial was good. But, like, the rest of it was pretty uh, unmemorable. Jimbo was the, the standout moment for that. Definitely. I think so. And they had this bit where... Because they have too, they have too few people to be the lawyers and the victims that they had to then like change the sheet yeah the seat into yeah. the pit crew and it was just kind of like okay well that jumps the shark but okay where yeah. do we go with this now <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, yeah um but i think we need to take a moment for the pit crew um dancing on go-go boxes but they had no go-go boxes so they were just on office chairs yeah <laughs> <laughs> like no expense spared. Like I don't think you'd ever want drag race to be so high budget that you don't miss it. you missed out enough times yeah. like this, you know? Yeah. Like the, the gaudy green screen and stuff. You're like, oh you'd miss it. You don't yeah. get that anywhere else on TV these days. No, no, yeah. You need that rough around the edges. But no, I think I think they were I think they were solid. Um and I I think they had great like chemistry all working together. Boa I don't think Boa gave herself enough comedy moments. Mm. it's almost like the other two got those moments and so Boa was kind of left with nothing where she was playing kind of the straight the straight character uh, Jimbo was the was the bridezilla which is an easy character to do Arita carved herself out this bilingual you know these guys are all stupid and then Boa didn't really have anything like her she didn't have a shtick so to say she had the physical comedy of the of the testicles which I think was yeah. funny but yeah it just um, that's the risk sometimes with team challenges is like, are you going to, are you going to, is if the whole team shines, are you going to shine or are you going to fall into the background? And, um, but I don't know that it would, it wouldn't have been my bottom two in the end, but we'll get to that. Okay. So then it's time for the sort of mirror moments. There's, there's a bit of a storyline there about bachelorette parties and how disruptive they can be, which is something, you know, a lot of people in the queer community would know, but it'd be interesting. I think it was a good point to put across considering so much of the fan base would be a fan base would be straight women that possibly this is something that they might not be aware that they're upsetting people by. Mm, Yeah. It's the blessing and the curse of, drag race is that it's brought a whole new demographic into drag shows and into bars because it's great because they come and they pay they buy tickets and they tip and they they haven't always necessarily learned the rules or the etiquette and i think rita really summed it up beautifully just like with her three rules of how to behave in a in a gay bar it's great yeah what what were they like don't touch without Uh, consent get off the stage this is a safe space for you and for us so be respectful oh yeah no they were great actually yeah to be fair yeah Get off, but get off the stage is like <laughs> unless you've been explicitly invited onto the stage you are not welcome on the stage <laughs> and i have seen i have seen drunk girls go flying from like a 
a queen mid-act just giving her a good shove. <laughs> <laughs> and like as Boa said, and we'll get into Boa's story in a minute, but Boa said it's more gay guys who get up on stage for her. Is it mostly women who would be, or is it a mixture? I would say like four to five times it's a drunk white girl. But I think it's like, I personally think it's a wonderful thing that queer spaces are becoming more mixed. And of course, I think it's important that queer people have their own spaces that are safe and that are predominantly queer. But I think Mm. it's wonderful that we are also having spaces that are more mixed now and people are getting exposed to different kinds of people. And um, I think that's really wonderful. Okay, so after that, then we hear a really, really uh, a gripping story from Boa about the experiences she's gone through and how she was beaten up by someone she brought home and like they I don't know what it is about the the mirror moments in Drag Race US recently but they just they don't feel like they've been given time to sort of flesh out or they feel too forced but I've just found Canada has shared some some of those like heart-wrenching stories in mm. such an authentic way mm. yeah totally and it's kind of important everyone kind of gets that moment on the show of the cast to have that sort of vulnerable moment to let people like you and I think it's good that she got that the episode she went out on because you know that can often be a, a moment of that people receive hate mail and stuff so hopefully that will you know make people fall in love with her if, if they had no yeah reason. absolutely and she's been such like a clown the whole season that it's just good to see a bit of the the person underneath that When it comes to understanding political issues, I am a self-confessed toddler. That's why I've enlisted the help of Steve, my politically savvy drinking buddy, to help me better understand politics. Every couple of weeks, we get together and record on topics like what is the politics of language, what is Watergate, how the internet is killing democracy. We take these big issues and we break them down into silly little comedic bite-sized bits. If you like the sound of that, then search for What Am Politics in your podcast app of choice or find us here on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Okay, on to uh, the runway. Uh, now, would you have known that a Canadian tuxedo yes. was double denim? Yes, that is a known okay. thing. Um, I think, did did someone explain it? Bobo explained that someone got, uh, that Bing Crosby got like turned away from a, it's basically like. Yeah, I so somebody said time about Bing Crosby and I, I was like, is Bing Crosby Canadian? Think, What's the connection? <laughs> no, I think Bing Crosby was visiting Canada and he was turned away from a hotel because he was wearing double denim and okay. he was too casual and then someone was like oh it's Bing Crosby and then let him in and it's basically like a story about how Canadians are desperate to be liked okay. so <laughs> so we turned we took this thing and we're like Bing Crosby came here and and oh sorry oh no don't it's great that you're wearing double denim it's fine don't worry mm. and ma- we just made it into a thing so I I have heard people refer to double denim in Ireland as a Roscommon tuxedo, and Roscommon, oh. Roscommon is a, is a one of like the the least populated counties or least densely populated mm. co- counties in Ireland, which is really really rural. Is often yeah slagged for being sort of left out or whatever. My friend Exanthony is from Roscommon. Oh, uh, I, you know I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, <laughs> Chris O'Dowd. Chris O'Dowd. Oh, he's from Roscommon as well. Oh, he's really famous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> most famous person was coming um, but yeah so I've heard it as that um, so I then just presumed when I had heard the Canadian tuxedo thing I just thought that was an American way of slagging Canada I didn't know it was an official thing yeah no it's it's definitely like a, a thing that is discussed okay 
in Canada. So I heard Canadian tuxedo and I thought it was going to be suits until right. you know, Bo- <laughs> Bobo turned that corner and I was like, oh, okay. What? <laughs> uh, I really I really wanted a, a Britney, a Britney yes. and Justin moment. Maybe again, it's like the Celine back- backwards. Too pops. obvious. It's like too obvious. But imagine coming up with a cutout of Justin in the look and you're dressed as Britney in the denim. <laughs> You could do a wig reveal from Britney into Justin. Camp. Actually, just before we look at Scarlet Bobo's look, are you familiar with Tom Green? Yes. Do you want to give a bit of background to... Because I have no idea who he is. You have no idea who he is? No. Okay, so he was like a shock comic in the 90s. And he had um, TV shows. I think he became quite famous in, the, in America too. I think he had a show on MTV. Mm. Um, and he was married to Drew Barrymore for a while. Oh, cool. Okay. I think he was even in Charlie's yeah. Angels prank people he always pranked his parents so it's kind of funny that he called his mom because i think his mom must be so traumatized by him but like i remember one episode he his parents went out and he went in and covered the entire house um in plastic on the inside and then filled it with barnyard animals oh wow so they came home and there and like there were cows and chickens and pigs everywhere in the house just just stuff like that yeah um Kind of like jackass, kind of, is it? Yeah, very jackassy. Um, I think he had a testicle removed and he sent it to Drew Barrymore in a jar. Oh, like, I, I think he had testicular cancer. Yeah, I was going to say, did he just get it out of whim or did he have not, to get it taken out? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's brave. So he's, he's that vibe. I was wondering when he walked down the runway whether he knew he'd be filmed full body and not just from the waist up. Because, I mean, I, I did engineering in university and I've seen some badly fitted jeans on engineers and they were up there, those jeans he wore. <laughs> yeah. It's very um, straight male privilege, isn't it? Just yeah. like, I've never really had to think about this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bless him. Like, oh, um, but let's get into the looks. And so first up was Scarlet Bobo. I think this was one of the best uh, looks on the runway. Like, I just thought it was it was denim, but it was more. Like, you don't see denim in that shape with the, with the shoulder pads and stuff like that. I thought it was great. Yeah, I think it was really clean. Uh, I think it was really cool. I think it's a really well put together outfit. Um, it's very Brooklyn Heights episode one. Mm. If you remember what she was wearing? Oh, yeah, yeah. With the the neon yellow and the denim. I personally don't love the jacket. Okay. Uh, like I love everything that's happening underneath because I think it really says denim. You've got like it's patchwork and you've got buckles and a waistband and pockets and everything. And mm. the the jacket on tops kind of feels like it's from a different outfit, but. I don't I suppose know. it's a different I, shade I, I of like denim, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I wish the jacket were also patchwork. Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah, that you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's cool. She looks cool. She sold it. And, um, yeah, I just think she's really, really good at drag. Yeah, she she definitely did sell it all right. And this is actually something I was thinking. Um, I was... There's somebody here and I spotted something wrong with it when they were standing still. Well, maybe it was Lemon. I was kind of taking it apart. Um, and I kind of felt that's... That's unfair. I think if you don't spot a flaw in an outfit when it's being presented in the actual run or walk on the mm. on the runway, it shouldn't count because it's the presentation. Yeah, that totally. And yeah, I guess what I'm saying with this then is that I liked it, but it didn't like make me go. Oh. Next up is Alona Burley with her kind of denim assless chaps. Uh, I loved this for Alona. I think just because we haven't seen her in something like dark like this yet, it's always been pastels, which is her thing. So. Mm. 
I really enjoyed seeing her in dark hair and the dark denim. This really says denim to me. I think it's a cool look. Uh, I think it's very successful. I think so too. And she's been one of the, maybe her and Jimbo have probably one of the most diverse set of looks if you look at the whole run of the show, I think. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Like Jimbo plays a bit more with character, doesn't he? Mm. Whereas Alona's kind of always got the same sort of vibe. Like the, I feel like it's always the same character with Alona, but dressed differently. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, yeah. And Jimbo is like, every time it's a different person. I mean, not all of, of Alona's looks have been successful, I would say. Uh, but I definitely think they've had a range of silhouettes, which I think has been interesting. And like, you know, if you take this look and Celine Dion look last week and her poodle look, I think it, it's very yes. diverse. There's a look yes. of Alona, Alona's in the promo, which I've spoken about before. And it's her... I imagine in like a First Nations inspired outfit. I imagine it'll yep. be kind of the week she'll speak about being too spirit and stuff like that. I can't wait for that because that looks great and it hasn't come yet. And it, and there, its inclusion in the trailer means I know when she isn't going home like this week because I haven't seen the look yet. But other than right. that, <laughs> other than that That's, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, you're really, you're really patient. I don't notice things like that. Well, when I, at the I watch everything on WebSense Plus, so at the end of all of All Stars, I had to watch the the promo for Canada. So I've seen it a good few times. Uh, in I see. Next up then is Boa with her with her denim wings. Uh, I didn't uh. really love this. I must say. Oh no! What don't you like? The wings were fine, but they weren't like Courtney Axe wings from season six. Like I thought they could be mm. more polished, and the, and the purple wig. Like again, I feel it's kind of the same character we've got from Boa. Right. I guess for me, this is exactly what like the aesthetic I love. It's okay. like late late 80s, early 90s, mm-hmm. um, like hype girl for White Snake or Guns N' Roses. She just <laughs> looks like, she looks like she's drunk and she's blowing all the guys in the band. Yeah. I can see, now that you say that, I can see like from your look with the, uh, the Mad Science one, the kind of Mad Max one, I yeah. can see how yeah. that would relate to that. Yeah. I just think, I think it's cool. I really like it. I would, um, and it really says denim to me. Like, I love that it's just really leaned into the theme. Um, I agree with you. I'm, I'm not like super into the purple hair. It kind of gets a bit lost in the rest of the look. Mm. I kind of feel the feature piece is the wings. And I'm not sure if they're polished enough for the amount of space yeah. they take up. Boa told me that they were meant to be mechanical and open, but they oh. got damaged in transit. So she had oh, to come up crap. with them fully extended okay that would have been cool yeah that's a shame uh now i feel bad (laughs) well that's drag (laughs) okay jimbo is up next with the lee bowery denim patchwork look and you know this is the sort of look we were talking about earlier on the one i think that you know shocks you uh i thought it was was great it's incredible Hmm. um it's perfect i mean i did i did kind of two looks on my season that both had a bit of this to them with my like I have a high pony look and I had a Lee Bowery kind of gimp mask moment and mm-hmm. so obviously I'm gonna be like yes this is fantastic um and I think I think it's yeah just really successful I love that she's blue underneath it makes me wonder like what's going on under there it's quite cool yeah creature of the dark lagoon um, or whatever or going yeah, she has yeah. A, she has an interesting walk and I don't know where oh my god it's crazy character. like it's proper like Jar Jar Binks from Star Wars yeah I I was saying that it's like she's um, a 50 foot woman and she's crushing buildings 
<laughs> yeah, that is true. Like, each step she's trying to like stand on a coke can or yeah like yeah exactly it's very that um we should we should make that into uh... i don't know if i have the capabilities for that but someone out there will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay next up is rita baga and i was a bit disappointed in this look only like i thought it was good but i kind of felt this is kind of what i would expect from rita baga she didn't really push my boundaries yeah um i think it's really clean it's it's like you say it's good it's successful uh i my issue with it is it doesn't really say denim to me and i think maybe that's um jeffrey told me that in person it really looked like denim but on tv i don't think it really says jeans Mm. i don't know it's like kind of the wrong color blue and um it looks like it's made out of something else and i guess when i hear denim on denim on denim i really want to be like you're wearing something that's made out of shit tons of jeans and this is just something that happens to be made out of denim that's like yeah, a I nice mean, outfit. The boots could have also been denim. Yeah, I will say she looks really hot. Like she looks she looks sexy and um, when she strips you're like damn look at that body. It's so I enjoyed the show. And it's fun that the, the tearaways well, I mean, aren't exactly where you would imagine the tearaways to be. Do yeah. you know, sort of way it's not like it's a coach being revealed. Yeah. Like it's it's interesting being like, oh, where where else can that come off totally. and stuff like that. So that was good, I did think. But yeah, I I kind of what the judges said about Priyanka, I kind of felt for Rita to be like, This is good, but from you I'm normally expected higher. Mm. That's kinda what I felt. Mm. Next up is said Priyanka, and I did notice she had done a, a sort of royal blue and an tangerine color already or look already which was really good with like the ponytails and the hair was look. was there the, the quebecy with the good hair yeah look, yeah. yeah you're right um so i thought for the same color palette this wasn't as good this is like a look if a queen was in a club and came out to do a number wearing this you'd be like she looks great but um hmm. it it doesn't say like main stage of drag race to me um and i think yeah, it's it's no, got the unfortunate distinction of having a similar kind of jacket to what Scarlet Bobo had, but less interesting. Smaller. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, the whole thing just doesn't really say denim to me. Actually, looking at this picture, it looks more like blue velvet. Yeah. It, and I'm sure it is made out of denim, but it just doesn't really read that way. And like, you're looking at the photo and you can see it's not lined. And I mean, her yeah. and her hair needs a brush, bless her. But <laughs> she hasn't been doing drag very long. And these are the kinds of things that like, you don't know until you've had a bit of time or you see yourself on TV. And I'm sure she's going to look at that True. and be like, oh, I wish I'd... Brush my hair. Uh, we're looking at the at the runway pictures on Instagram, Canada's Drag Race, if you want to look along at home. The final look is Lemon. Now, I, did, I didn't hate this as much as Brooklyn Heights did. I'm yeah. interested to know what you thought. Yeah, I feel exactly the same. This, this is what I want from a denim runway. Like, mm-hmm. exactly what I want. Like, all of the patchworkness... The feeling that it's like made of a hundred pairs of jeans. Her walk was incredible. Um, mm-hmm. I just think it looks really cool. I I think there are some fit issues. I think it's like I think it's a cool look, and I I don't think it. I don't think she should have been near the bottom for it. I would have preferred if the if if it was kind of like do you know that early noughties jailing jeans where you'd see like underpants underneath it but mm. like Aaliyah the way Aaliyah might mm. wear them but if maybe if you had like denim underwear underneath it and then just have the top part with the with the bell bottom sleeves and the denim brown collar that might have been better the the three layers of jean from 
belly button to knee, I suppose, kind of is probably where it falls down for me. Yeah. But I, think, I actually, when I first saw it, I was like, that's quite fashionable. If she just lost that belt, I think maybe, and and gave herself a bit of a boob, I think that might have done it. Mm. I said this uh, on another podcast this week, but like, I don't think you need to pad or tuck or cinch or do anything to do drag and you don't need to wear boobs. Like you can do drag however you want. And I fully support that. And that's obviously something that I do when I do drag, but Mm -hmm. with the main stage of drag race, what you kind of want is a transformation. You want to, you want a wow, a wow moment where you kind of don't even recognize the person from the workroom. And so if you don't, do some of those other tricks like cinching, padding, doing that kind of stuff, then it means the rest of the look needs to work that much harder to give the transformation effect. I think it also comes back to what we were saying earlier on about drag outside of drag race and drag within drag race. Like there is a certain aesthetic that, that certainly the US judges push. And I think you have to at least once or twice give Michelle her glamazon you know, sort of way and then yeah. you're free to do stuff around that, yeah. I'd say. Yeah, totally. Lemon said, like, you know, she had no money getting ready for this competition. So I think, like, for having zero budget, this is really, this is cool. Who was your top two to the week? Ooh, Jimbo. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, The top three queens were Rita, Jimbo and Scarlett. I would agree with that. Would you? Rita, Jimbo and Scarlett. Uh, I would have given it to Lemon over Scarlett. Okay. Yeah, actually, for the ad, I think the ad probably. was really funny and great, and I, and I think that basically they just really didn't like the outfit, and it knocked her down farther than I would have knocked it down. Actually, now that you've mentioned Lemon, I actually am going to disagree with the judges after I disagreed with them and say I would have given it to Jimbo, Scarlet, and Lemon. I think Rita didn't stand out for me as much as the other two in the right. ads or on the runway, right. so I'd give it to those three up top. Priyanka was safe, which is fine, and then they had Lemon. Boa and Alona at the bottom. I would say Boa and Alona were probably a fair bottom two. Um, yeah. I uh, see I I think I would have judged it based on the commercial and I my least favorite commercial was Scarlet and Alona's because I didn't find it that funny and I probably would have put I probably would have just put them both in the bottom two. Okay. And maybe it's like a bit unfair on Scarlet, but I think that that like because she wasn't as bad as bottom I think that the the name of the challenge was to create a great commercial, and uh, I think theirs was the worst. So I would have put those two in the bottom. I would have also expected them to judge, and would have probably thought it was fair for them to judge by advert as well. Mm. But I would probably just you did that for winner. Like I was expecting this to go to Lemon and Priyanka as a, like a, a double win. This is kind of where I was going because they kind of both got kind of mech, you know they both had, the judges had issues with both of their looks as well. Yeah. So I kind of thought maybe that's where it was going. Yep. Um, but then Rita, as a having getting her third win, I don't know. It just kind of didn't feel fair to me that I was kind of like she. This is now her on her third win, and I kind of couldn't really remember what she'd done first time until I watched it again. Right. Uh, I think Rita is just the silent but deadly fart of the season. Um, <laughs> she, she's obviously very talented, and um, I have so much time for Rita Bega. I think she's phenomenal, and so I'm. I'm really excited she's doing so well. Rita Baga, the farce of Canada. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes the show rewards, like, just rewards loud personalities or or people being mm. a bit too much. And I like that she's getting success just by being 
like calm, cool, and collected and being herself. And then also still delivering us these great fashion moments or being really funny and acting challenges. Cause she was great in the heritage minute commercial yeah. as the butch lesbian. Mm-hmm. I think she was really funny in her commercial this week. Like she w- maybe wasn't my winner, but like, I, I, I get why she was up there and you know, you don't see everything. Well, that's true. And for me, like you said before, that one was my least favorite ad. So that's kind of why I was kind right. of surprised to see someone from my least favorite ad go on to win it uh, i probably my choice probably yeah would win priyanka or and lemon as a duo or else if it was an individual i would have said jimbo right so then it was the time for the queens to be asked that dreaded question who would you send home scarlet kicks things off by saying lemon because your look isn't great then there was a, a row of queens who said lemon afterwards is it easier just to, to kick the girl who's already down than to kick another one i think so yeah, I think it's, I, that's what I thought was happening, that it was easier to just keep saying someone who's like, when you smell blood in the water, just go there. Because yeah. it's not a question anyone wants to answer. No. But it's also possible that, you know, Lemon's just kind of annoying them all for, for some reason that we're not seeing. And they're like, it's time for her to go. Or it's possible that, you know, Lemon also seems to me quite, to be quite a younger queen. And she maybe hasn't, been doing it as long as them and sometimes that's kind of annoying when you feel like you've worked harder to be somewhere and someone's coming in and doing well um, with less experience mm-hmm. and hasn't earned it as much so there's probably a bit of all of that going yeah. on because Scarlett, Ilona, Boa and Jimbo all say Lemon and then Rita is the one who changes it to Ilona mm-hmm. and then Priyanka, Lemon uh, also both say Ilona as well mm-hmm. uh, so I suppose they, they are the two the youngest left there i think priyanka is still quite young as well but um yeah they're kind of two of the young ones so maybe that does feed into what you say however it's lemon that we hear a good bit from in the kind of untucked moment lemon seems a bit pissed off that everyone said her and she said i feel you just judged me on my luck not the challenge and we hear some criticism of lemon that we kind of haven't heard before boa says that you know you're you're not genuine. Alona says you're everything that I'd, I'd want to be and I'm kind of resentful. And it was mm. interesting to see that dynamic unfold. Yeah, I think it was cool that Alona actually admitted that. It's a shame she hadn't examined that before she said Lennon's name because mm. she'd kind of already done the damage by that point. But I think it's great that she kind of acknowledged actually, yeah, I am, I am a bit jealous of you. I think that's a great growing moment yeah. for Alona. <laughs> All about those teachable moments. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I think Lemon at one point says to Alona, like, all you see me as is a twink. Yeah. Uh, so oh, yeah. I'm wondering, is that issue that Lemon has outside of the show or something like that? I think that was, that was an interesting sort of glimpse into the into the psyches of what who's going on in there. The lip sync then was Alessia Cara's Scars to You Beautiful. Were you familiar with the track? I think I've maybe heard it once before and it's always annoyed me because it doesn't seem to make grammatical sense. Things like that really bother <laughs> no, me. So I, already, I, I, already <laughs> I'm off. I'm like, there's a mark against the song. And then, I don't know. I didn't really want a ballad right now. And especially for Boa, like a ballad, which is quite sincere and like, I know Boa, if she could have brought some comedy, could have really done something. But like a song like that, you just have to play it sincere, don't you? Yeah, you can't really. Because it's supposed to be this empowering moment of body confidence. You yeah. can't be taking the piss out of it. Like, Yeah. No, you can't. And I kind of felt our moment for a uh, uh, ballad was last week for Celine, the queen of ballad. And we kind of got a, a party bucket, yeah. you know, so. 
Yeah. Just make them all Celine songs. <laughs> yeah. That's the answer. She's <laughs> got such a catalog. So Alona lives to to survive another day and Boa has to sashay away. It was sad to see her go, but at the same time, I kind of felt it was time for it to go. Yeah, it wasn't. I was surprised watching it. I thought I thought she had more gas in the tank. And I just think I always think when someone's that funny and giving like such good kind of comedy moments in in and around the competition that they tend to stick around a bit longer. Mm. Um, <coughs> bag of chips. Um, <laughs> um, so I was expecting Boa to last a bit longer and I was really enjoying watching her on TV. So, uh, but you see, I think Boa, I was disappointed. Boa's comedy all came on the runway. She wasn't able to translate it too well outside into the challenges. Like the reveal into the mankini was great. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But like, it's also her confessionals that are really funny. True. I just apologize to get her to shut up. Burp. Like, <laughs> she, she, I really, I really enjoy Boa. So I was sad to see her go. Um, but yeah, it's like, you're starting to get a pretty good sense of who the top three, four are going to be. So you kind of are just waiting for the rest of the cards to fall for the rest of them, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, next week, the Queens compete in the Miss Loose Jaw pageant. Uh, who do you think is going to do well at that? Uh, I have seen it. Okay, so I don't so know. How know. To, I don't know. How, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to separate what I know from what I can, what I can pretend to not know. So, okay, but, then you don't but, but I think you know what I think you're gonna love it. <laughs> Thank you to Crystal for coming on the show this week. Like we said there, next week we'll be back with the pageant episode of Drag Race Canada, which I'm excited for because you haven't had that on the show before, a pageant. So we will see what that is like. Until then, make sure you check us out over on Instagram at to see that pod. Make sure you check out Crystal. It's Crystal. We'll see you now. T-shirts with this week's look on it. She will have her own sort of comedy re- recap on BBC3, which you can catch on her Instagram as well. She'll be on Bootleg Opinions with Yuha Masaki. She is all over the place. She's also on the official Canada's Drag Race podcast with Jeffrey Boyer Chapman. So she's omnipresent this week. So make sure you check her out and send her some love. We'll be back with you on Wednesday. As always, we're hoping to do our all-star six episode then because we didn't get to do it this week because of scheduling issues but we have a wonderful chat with Davina De Campo, which we shared with you so hopefully you enjoyed that so yeah we'll be back with you on Wednesday with our all-star six episode fingers crossed we hope until then have a great weekend bye this podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network